You're listening to the Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. so excited for today's guest. It is Lisey Lurch. Some of you may know that Lisey Lurch is actually a peak to PR client of mine and I've been working with her for probably over five years now. So I know her very well. Um, today we are going to talk to her about her colorful statement accessories, how she got started, her inspiration, and everything in between. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. All right, so I have Lisey Lurch here with me, and we're going to talk a little bit about her designs, um, her inspiration, and all of that. So let's start from the beginning. So Lisey, tell me a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, what kind of kid you were, all of this. Okay, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Of um, so I grew up um, in a little town on the eastern shore of Maryland called Salisbury, Maryland, and um, my parents are actually still in the same house that I grew up in. Oh, I love um, that. I know. Me too. Um, so you know where everything is still. Um, <laughs> so I was, um, I had tons of energy. I always loved like, you know, making things up and doing plays for everyone in our neighborhood. And um, I remember a couple of times my friends and I would do cartwheels down to like the end of our street, which was a good I don't know, probably 400 yards and we had to, <laughs> we would win. <laughs> Always doing crazy things like that and, you know, making up, um, I don't know, all kinds of like um, pranks to play on our brothers. And um, yeah, so it was, I had a great childhood. I, um, I had a ton of fun and I still have fun. Yeah. So how many siblings do you have again? So I'm the second of four. So I have my big brother who lives in Baltimore, then me who lives here outside of Philadelphia my little sister who lives in New York, who is just getting over um, the coronavirus. And then my little brother um, lives in Sydney, Australia. That's so fun. Mm -hmm. So you guys always kind of were creative and having fun together. And yeah. obviously you yeah. still do. Always. Yeah. Um, so after this, then after, you know, going through grade school and all of that, where did you end up going to college and what did you study? I know you start, did you start in Maryland or? Yeah. So I went to, um, a small all girls Catholic college, um, in Baltimore called Notre Dame and Notre Dame is the, um, like back in the day, it was this little sister school to Loyola when, Lo when Loyola was all boys. So we still, um, the, our campuses kind of merge a little bit and, um, mm -hmm. we share a library and things like that. So, um, but obviously Loyola is now co-ed, um, but Notre Dame is still all girls. And then I left, um, my junior year to go to university of Maryland where I studied fashion merchandising and mm -hmm. I had way too much fun at Maryland <laughs> and actually failed fashion merchandising because, oh, but I did get an A++ in socializing and going to bars until like <laughs> <the morning. laughs> um, I had to get back to my all girls Catholic college and I graduated from there. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, I went to a Catholic college as well. And oh, um, used, right? yep. Immaculata. And it used to be all girls before, but now it's co-ed as well. Oh, um, 
so yeah that's really funny that's hilarious though that you film fashion merchandise <laughs> yeah <laughs> you should go back to those teachers and be like look look what I did <laughs> despite <laughs> oh, too yeah. funny okay so what was your first job either I don't know if you had one when you were in grade school or college or after college what were some of your first jobs that you had so, oh my goodness, let's see here. I had tons of jobs. I was always working. I've always loved to work my whole mm-hmm. life. I think I get that work ethic from my mom. She's a really hard worker. But um, I guess my first job was I was a, a fill-in for my friend Claire, who lived around the corner, had a paper route. And when like she was away or if she was sick or whatever, I would do her paper route for her. But that's when I was like really, that's before I was like 14. So, and then when I was 14, I could get a job. Uh-huh. I, it was, I guess it was like um, in Maryland, you couldn't get a job before you were 14. Um, but then I worked at Carvel, the ice cream store. And oh my gosh. So fun. I know. Um, yeah. And um, we were, we were doing a lot of sampling of the product. I bet. Someone had to do it. Um, and then I was a lifeguard for years after that. And I loved, and I taught swim team and I taught swimming lessons and, um, yeah. So I always had really fun jobs. That's awesome. And then, so after college, I know you moved to New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like why you moved to New York, what you did there, your first job? Um, I know, because I know Lucy personally, obviously, um, that you did some modeling, you worked on Wall Street, all of that. So talk us through that journey. So, um, yeah, so I um, I modeled um, all through college. And then um, I always knew that I mean, even growing up, I always knew that I wanted to live in New York City because I grew up in a tiny little town um, and I was just chomping at the bit to get to the Big Apple. So um, I moved to New York and I was modeling full time. Um, And then I stumbled upon this job on Wall Street and I worked there for um, years. It was so fun. Um, But this was before 9-11. So it was back like in the heyday when when Wall Street was super fun. Um, I just, I had a great time. I learned so much. Um, I swear living in New York, you learn so much about the world and about yourself. And I always say, I feel like it should be a law that all kids right out, right out of college should live in New York because it's, you just, you learn, you know, you, you learn to survive and, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And it's, it, it's tough sometimes cause everything's so expensive. Um, but it's such a great experience. I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. For sure. Do you think when um, you did the modeling in New York, was that kind of your first intro into the fashion world? Um, I guess you had studied fashion merchandising, but was that kind of your first foot in the door, would you say, into no, the I world? No, I always had, um, I always I, I always felt like I I need I wanted to be in the fashion industry and the the reason why I didn't go directly into it when I first got to New York was because I interviewed um like Calvin Klein and Ralph Lauren and they would start you literally at like sixteen thousand dollars a year so um that was not happening like you you couldn't you couldn't pay rent let alone like pay rent and and you know buy your subway tokens and and. <laughs> that was not a possibility. So that's why, um, I worked on wall street and I made a little bit more money. And then, um, that's when I started dabbling in fashion. And I actually, I actually moonlighted, um, for Lily Pulitzer, um, when I worked on, uh, down on wall street, because they had this when, um, when they were first coming back. So when, um, uh, 
Brad Bradbeer and Scott Beaumont brought Lily's name back and bought the yeah. business from her. They did a little pop-up shop in Bloomingdale's and they mm-hmm. didn't need someone there all day long, but they did need someone to go there for like two hours here. Or there. So I think I did like two hours, maybe like two or three times a week and um, worked at their little shop within Bloomingdale's. And I would just, you know, get it straightened up and you just re-merchandise it and get it um, looking fresh again. So um so yeah, so I dabbled a little bit in fashion. And then when we, um, so I, I actually met my husband, um, we worked at the same firm on Wall Street. Uh-huh. And um, when we, he got his MBA at Cornell. And when we went up to Cornell, that's when I started my business. Okay. And so you started with hats, correct? Started with hats because, um, you know, just like I was saying, like when you, when you live in New York and you're a single girl, you barely make any money. So I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, should I? buy dinner for myself or should I pick up my dry cleaning? Cause I mean, you were on a tight, tight budget. So yeah. I, um, my whole, well, I'm from Maryland. So my whole life we would go to like the Preakness and, um, then when I lived in New York, we would go to the Belmont and there were all these fun, like steeplechases that we would go to. And all the girls were hats, but there was no one who designed a cute, affordable hat out there. So I saw, um, you know, a, a, a void in the market for, um, hats, but I just started my hat business, um, which took off. That's awesome. So did you just go, I guess, to, um, somewhere and buy the hats and then sort of you embellished and designed them yourself or what was the hat business like yeah. originally? So I went, um, I went down, I drove down back down to, um, New York from Ithaca, which is where Cornell is. And I mm-hmm. stayed there for two or three days and I just pounded the pavement and I, and I, I had $5, I mean, $500. And, um, I just, I went to every single milliner millinery store in the garment district, which they do not exist anymore. It's really sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I found the, um, the silhouette of the hat that I wanted. Um, I did a couple of different versions of that. And then in the garment district, they have all the fun ribbons and feathers and, um, pom-poms and, and stuff like that to embellish the hats. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, um, how I got started. That's what I did. So you would, you would take all that stuff and then make them back in Ithaca, um, and then sell them. I mean, this was before Facebook and all of that. So how did you get your customers? I just called on the stores that I knew of that I loved. So for instance, um, I grew up going down to Delray Beach. So I have loved the Snappy Turtle since I was like 10 or 12 or something. I love it. In fact, um, my grandfather owned the Delray Beach Club and we would go there um, all the time and it was just amazing. And as we were sitting there eating lunch all the time, they would have models who would like Uh around with clothes from somewhere with a little card saying, oh, you can get this here or wherever. Yeah. And um, the one who had this really cute outfit on um, was a model for the Snappy Turtle. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love that outfit. We have to go find it. So um, I, you know, went, found the Snappy Turtle. And um, I told, I guess it was my either my mom or my sister. <laughs> as soon as I came out, I was like, okay, I want my ashes sprinkled over the Snappy Turtle when I die. <laughs> <laughs> the Snappy Turtle, for anyone listening that doesn't know of it, is this adorable boutique. They carry such fun things and great designers today. Um, and I feel like the owners are really fun. I don't know them personally. You really, probably really do, but you see. But their Instagram is so fun. Yeah. Um, and it's not only, I don't, 
it's not only that I love their stuff, but I love their, yeah, their, their sense of humor and they're just silly and fun. And they're just like me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I, I just, you know, sent line sheets to, um, all the stores that I knew of that I loved and they started buying them. Um, so yeah, it took off. That's amazing. Um, so then from there, after doing hats, then you introduce jewelry, right? So mm-hmm. what was that transition? Like, why did you decide to go into jewelry? Um, talk us through a little bit of that. So, um, okay. So when I brought the jewelry back, we had then moved back to, well, m- Jonesy moved back to Philadelphia. I had never lived here. So um, we moved to Philadelphia and I would always go up to the grandma district still to, um, get the hats and all the hat embellishments. And, um, I had three babies in four and a half years. Oh my gosh. So I would, um, go up there. I would have one in the stroller, one in the baby Bjorn. And, um, when I had three, then I couldn't, I couldn't go up there anymore. I would have to get like a babysitter and then just jet up there really quickly. Um, but with the, with all three car seats in the car, um, schlepping the hats around to trunk shows and, um, you know, different places where I would, where I would show the, um, hats, it just got to be too cumbersome. And when I was in New York in the garment district, I was, I would always walk by all these beach shops and I felt like I was like, just sucked in. I was like, Oh my gosh, the, all the beautiful things I could make with these and the great things I could do with these. Um, so I would always, you know, grab a handful of beads. And then when I got home, I would start making necklaces. And, um, I thought, you know what, since the hats take up so much room and hats are a really hard sell where jewelry is an easy sell. Like they'll come up to your table and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, I love these done with a hat. They have to try it on. They have to, it has to like really fit well. And it's not, I feel like not everyone's a hat person. Like I hear that a lot, you know, exactly. but everyone wears earrings. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to put the hats on the back burner. Um, until, you know, I can, I can handle them. And I just went full steam ahead with the jewelry then. And, um, that just took off. Um, yeah, but I have brought the hats back recently, like a year and a half ago, I brought the hats back. So we're, we've come full circle. That's so great. I love that. Um, So you're in a ton of stores nowadays. And we talked a little bit about the Snappy Turtle um, and kind of the process about, you know, what drew you to them and how you got into there. But can you talk about um, the process of getting stores and growing wholesale business in case there's any um, aspiring designers who look up to you? What advice would you give on that? So, um, what I did, the path that I took was I would go to a lot of the big, um, shows in New York, which are like the trade shows. So that's where I would be a vendor there. And then the stores would come into my booth and, um, purchase or write orders for, um, their stores. Um, so I started doing that. And, um, when I, um, had a booth in Atlanta, that's when I really took off uh, from the wholesale perspective and, um, started getting a ton of stores in the South and, um, it's, yeah. And so now I started off, um, in, um, America's Mart, um, sort of like in the way back corner, you know, where it was like dark and I was like, kind of like, Hey, everybody come here. I have great stuff. And, you know, everyone was like shopping on the other side, which I called the big girl section. So <laughs> I pulled, um, the head of, um, my, um, the place where I had the, the, um, booth, over and I was like, okay, what do I need to do to get in the big girl section? So she took my hand and we walked over and she's like, 
you need to do this. You need to do that. See this booth. You got to do this. You got. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So, and it's the the um the side where I wanted to be as as I'm doing my air quotes, the big girl section, or the jurd um um area. So I had to like present to their um their board of you know like what my booth was going to look like and my my merchandise and everything, and um so. Um, I was chosen, thank goodness. Yeah. And um, when I was over in the big girl section, um, again, that's when I started really gaining momentum um, with the jewelry. <clears throat> yeah. And you can see if you look on Lisey's Instagram, what the booth looks like. I think um, the way you decorate and design the booth is very reflective of your brand. And I think that probably helped, um, you know, you get into that section, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah. My, um, the booth is just sort of like, it's just me. It's just like happy and fun and vibrant. And um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I, personally, I feel like I, you know, when I get off the escalator, or the elevator um, in an America's Mart and I see my booth, it just, it's just happy and it makes you feel good. It draws you in. Yeah. Um. Okay. So now, so before we had talked about with your hats, you said you made up line sheets and then you went to stores and kind of um, pounded the pavement. So how did you even know like where, what line sheets look like or how to get a manufacturer or to go to Atlanta? Was this just you Googling a lot or, you know, you talked about in America's Mart asking for advice and for help of how to get into that section. Is it you asked a lot of people, what would you say is a great advice um, in terms of, growing your business. So nowadays I feel like designers have it made in the shade because they can um, Google anything. They can figure out, you know, you know, how to start up and everything. We didn't have that back when I started. So, um, and you know, this is way before Instagram or any social media, um, yeah. as, as we'll probably get to that story soon. Um, <laughs> um, we didn't have any of that. So I just had to go by word of mouth and I had to like, um, you know, mail letters and mail line sheets. And um, it's the the fashion world has definitely changed a ton since I've been in business in the last 19 years. So um, it's it's a lot easier today. So it was kind of a lot more trial and error, I guess, yep. back then when you started. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Got it. Yeah. Um, okay. And then how would you describe Lucy Lurch, the brand, to someone who might not have heard of it, which I don't know how they wouldn't, but you might not have heard of your business. How would you describe the Lucy Lurch brand and your business? So I feel like um, we are so much more than just accessories. Like we are, we, I feel like my brand has a personality and I feel like it's happy and warm. And um, I, I feel like it just draws people in. I mean, that's what people have told me. And that's sort of how I've positioned my whole brand is, um, not so much like the, the, um, tangible as more of like the idea and the, um, and the attitude, which is, again, it's just very, um, I try to always, um, convey kindness and, um, cause a lot of times in the fashion industry, kindness doesn't, it just kind of goes out the window. Um, but I always say, I do not work with mean people. Yeah. Um, so I think just kindness and being good and fun and, um, just loving life is, is sort of, I think the, um, the message that I would, that I hope comes across for my brand. 
Mm -hmm. It's more of a lifestyle than just the products, really. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Um, Okay, so then going off of that, where do you get your inspiration from? I know kind of your brand is you and you are your brand and there's a lot of crossover in that, but where do you get inspiration for new designs or um, the brand in general? So my grandmother had an amazing jewelry collection and she did not have a jewelry box. She literally had a jewelry bureau. I love that. Yeah. So whenever I would go visit her in Baltimore, I give her a great big hug at the door and then I would disappear to her um, jewelry bureau and I would just like all day long, try her jewelry on in front of the mirror. And, you know, she's just, she, every, every piece of jewelry that she had, had a story attached to it. So it was even more special. Um, And I just, I loved, I loved every piece of her jewelry. So I get inspired from all of her antique jewelry. And then I also love the whole um, like, like in, in India, Egypt, um, Casablanca, like that whole Mediterranean era, area. Mm-hmm. It, I love all the jewelry that comes out of there. I love the colors. I love the beading. Um, so I get a ton of inspiration from that part of the world as well. That's awesome. And your grandmother, she sounds so fabulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know you wear the bracelet that you wear every day, yeah. that was hers, correct? That was hers. Yeah. The, um, the, um, cuff that I wear. Yep. Yeah. Which is really beautiful. Um, okay. So who is the Lisi Lurch girl? We talked about, um, kind of the Lisi Lurch lifestyle, but who's the Lisi Lurch girl? Can you describe her? Who's wearing your stuff? And then kind of, um, who would be your dream person to wear something? So I feel like the girl who wears Lisi Lurch is, I mean, it goes, it starts at like, you know, 14 when you're like, when you first get your ears pierced, 13 or 14. And, um, we, you know, we have younger girls, like the mini tassels that we've carried in the past. Um, and I'm always trying to like come up with things for the the tween and the teen girl. In fact, we're going to um, roll out a new, um, earring collection for them. Um, but it goes all the way up to the grandmothers. Like we have, we try to fill the need, the, the need and the desire for every, um, every age. And we also, a lot of times are cognizant of like, um, the, the pieces that are more would, would be more directed to the younger girl. We try to also keep that price point low mm-hmm. so that, you know, cause I've been there, I've been, you know, a single girl and not necessarily like in high school, but like after college and you're trying to like, you know, pay your rent and, and, you know, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta get around. So either you have a car, you have to pay cabs or whatever. So I always, when it's, when it's an earring that's, you know, designed for that age group, we always try to be really careful about the pricing so that they can afford it. Um, and then we have, then we, we do design earrings that are all the way up to, like I said, the grandmother's age and we do them classy and sophisticated. And, um, we do a ton of clip on earrings too. Yep. Um, so yeah, so we try to like hit everybody. And I feel like our customer is like, just like, uh, like me and all the girls who work for me, like happy and fun and who love life and who are interested in, um, having a wonderful life and being kind and good and appreciating color and happiness and vibrance and 
um, I feel like that is, that's um, my target market for sure. For sure. Yeah. You painted a really good picture there. Um, So who would be your dream celebrity or royal or whoever? Um, It could be dead or alive. Oh my goodness. Okay. Princess Kate done for sure. I mean, I would die. Um, (laughs) Oprah for sure. I again would die if Oprah wore my earrings. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, who else? Who else? Um, we know everyone loves Reese, Reese, Reese Witherspoon. Can't yeah. word out. Um, who else? I mean, if those three were in my earrings, I would die. Um, Anyone that maybe isn't around today that you think is like oh, the ultimate Reese oh, Witherspoon? Jackie Lowe, for sure. Jackie. Who was that? Jackie. Jackie. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, Grace Kelly, for sure. Yep. Um, who the heck else? Um, who even is- Audrey Hepburn? I feel like with the pearl button and stuff like that. Yes, Audrey Hepburn, Princess Diana. I mean, I'm yes. really, really, I'm really swinging for the fences here, but I mean, <laughs> why not? <laughs> Back from the dead, where <laughs> Lucy Lurch. Exactly. Uh, too funny. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about your design process. Walk us through, you know, we talked a little bit about the inspiration, but so where then, what's the first step? Once you get the inspiration, wherever that may be, then do you sketch it up? Um, yep. So we, um, so back in the day when I used to design everything, my whole, my team helps me design now and it's awesome. Um, but back in the day, I would just sketch out, um, an earring on, on paper and, a, you know, with a pencil, cause I have to erase it every five seconds cause I want to change things. Um, but then, um, I would scan to my factories and give them really, really specific dimensions. And, um, like, you know, I want this one to be so many millimeters. I want this one to be so many centimeters. Like, it's just, you have to really, really. Um, be specific. And because I've been working with this factory for those one factory for so long, they really get what I want. So even if I don't convey like exactly um, this, that, or the other, they know like what I like and what my, my whole um, look is. So it's become a lot easier over the years. Like when I first started sketching and sending it to this, to the factory, um, the prototypes that they were sending me was like, um, there's, I didn't even remotely draw that. So, um, <laughs> so, um, it's gotten a lot easier. Um, but yeah, so we, we sketch, um, and, and I think you said that you keep a like sketch pad next to your bed because you I just have random ideas, right? Yeah, because I'm so busy always during the day that when it's quiet and I'm laying in bed and I'm falling asleep, I'm like, oh, this would be so amazing. So I draw it or else I can't fall asleep or I wake up in the middle of the night. I'll have like a dream about something that would be fabulous. And I um, sketch it, you know, right there on the notepad, because if I don't, then I won't be able to fall back to sleep. So I love that. Um, And then for people who I guess aren't familiar with the fashion industry, so you're designing ahead of time. So right now you're designing fall, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're going to market with that in July. Hopefully, my goodness. Yeah. Well, normally. Normally. Yeah. So yeah, normally in the spring, you'd be designing fall and holiday and presenting that in July yeah. um, just for anyone that, you know, isn't familiar with the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what are some of the greatest challenges you faced um, in your business? Oh my gosh. Well, present day, for instance. Oh my goodness. Um, so this whole Corona thing is really, really scary. And all of the boutiques that we were talking about before, um, they're all closed and 
some of them are so wonderful. They're like, we're not going to cancel our order. We're just going to, you know, push it off until this, this whole ugliness goes away. Um, which is again, the, it's great that we have such a rapport and such a friendship with all the boutiques that we sell to. Um, they're working with us and we're working with them and we're trying to get through this together. Um, but for sure, this is, this is, this is probably the toughest thing that I've ever had to go through in my business. So we're really, really relying on that loyal customer mm-hmm. to spread the word, um, you know, and share with their friends who might be, you know, a, a you know, a customer of mine um, to get them to shop on our website because that's what is carrying us right now. So literally the wholesale um, portion of my business is, is totally shut down for the time. Yeah. All of, yeah. And it's all about, um, my website. So, um, and we're having sales to draw people, um, to buying from my website and we are trying to, this is the time to get really creative on, you know, trying to get people to buy. So we're doing, not only are we doing, um, sales every day, but we're doing happy hour specials, which are, um, deeper discounted, um, um, a few hours in the evening. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so we, <laughs> I've come up with this. I, I didn't come up with it originally. I mean, it's a term that goes way back when, but, um, we're trying to turn this lemon into lemonade. So, um, we're just trying to make the best of it and trying to get through this and, um, trying to hang on for dear life. So would that be part of your advice in, um, overcoming, you know, challenges is to stay positive and kind of look for the silver lining um, and make the most out of it then? Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then going off of that, you know, what have been some of the greatest successes that you've had in your business? Um, oh my goodness. Well, I was chosen, um, a couple of years ago as one of Ernst and Young's, um, final, um, um, which call it one of their, um, one of their, um, finalists for their big, um, entrepreneur award, which happens every spring, but obviously not this spring. Yeah. Um, but that was huge because to be recognized from a big, a big firm like that for, um, entrepreneurship was, that was amazing that I was really proud of that. And I didn't win, but um, once, um, they kick back the, they get it kicked back in, um, in order. I definitely want to, um, reapply for that and see if I can, one of these days, hopefully win it. Yep. That's amazing. Um, and so what do you love most about what you do? What are some of the, the fun things that you enjoy? Well, I feel like I've created this wonderful job for myself. It's not only a job, it's like, it's like, part of my life. I feel like this is like my fourth child and I've, I've nurtured it and loved it and, you know, been through thick and thin with it. And, um, it's really, it really is truly my fourth child. So, um, and it took a lot to get here, but I really do truly feel like I have created my, my dream job and I love it. That's amazing. That makes, you know, work so much easier. What's that yeah. quote? If um, you love what you do, then you don't really work a day in your life or something like that. Exactly. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel you're just having fun instead of working. Exactly. Um, okay. What's your favorite product on your site right now? Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> it's hard. I love the ginger jars. And that was all Haley's doing. She um, was like, I think I want to design this ginger jar. So she yeah. And it's amazing. Um, I love all of the bamboo stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and um, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to get these crates out of customs and here for spring because everyone's going to die when they see all the um, spring stuff. I'm so excited to um, to share it with everyone. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, there are a lot of really good hoops that are coming, I know. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but they are stuck in customs, um, all over, <laughs> all over, <laughs> um, because other countries, um, like us are completely shut down. So who the heck knows when we're going to get, um, all the spring stuff in, but hopefully people will come out in droves and support small businesses and, um, help us get back on our feet. Of course. Um, so let's talk a little bit about cross-pollination, as you call it. I love it. Um, yep. Your thoughts on collaborations with other brands, like having co-designers, like you had um, Jennifer of James Asher yeah. and yeah. Charm, and yeah. then also the collabs with bloggers wearing your jewelry. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the cross-pollination is more like other brands. Mm-hmm. Um and that all goes back to, um, you know, the kindness thing that I was talking about before. I don't look at other brands as competition whatsoever. I look at it as I love your brand and it's so, it does, it like, you know, merges with my brand so well. So let's show them both together. Um, so I feel like, you know, different, different brands, um, with me are sort of where I love to do the cross pollination, but then, um, and I also love to, a lot of times we, well, not a lot of time, all the time we send to bloggers and influencers to wear our pieces. And, um, it's so gratifying to see their posts with our, um, with our earrings or our bags or, um, hats on because, um, a lot of times those girls are super glam, super gorgeous. And then even more so when they're wearing our stuff. Definitely. And it's fun probably to see how they interpret your designs, like how they would style them. You can take it this way. You can take it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. And with the cross-pollination, we've done a lot of giveaways with other brands and use them for photo shoots or um, at market. We do some different promotions with them as well. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of cross-pollination there with other brands. And then talk a little bit about co-designing a piece. Um, Jennifer from Southern Charm, she designed the Asher earring with you. Um, And then I know we have Lone Star Southern, Kate, she designed some pieces for her wedding. Um, And then we have a few more coming up. So talk about that and the benefits of um, co-designing. Sure. So um, Kate from Lone Star Southern is so adorable. She's just like the cutest little thing ever. Um, And when she was getting married, she designed um, a whole bridal collection for us, which has sold like hotcakes because she's sort of, you know, she's the you know, she's behind it and she's promoting it also. Um, Jennifer Snowden, who has become a dear friend of ours from Southern Charm, um, has a little boy, Asher, who um, had brain surgery. And I, one of my children, Libby, my oldest has had brain surgery. So Jennifer and I totally bonded um, about that. And she um, designed this beautiful heart earring called the Asher for our collection. Um, I know we had it, I think that was featured last night for our happy hour. Maybe we'll put it on again on a happy hour because it's so beautiful. And I love the story behind it. Um, She's just a sweetheart. I love her. And then we have 
another big fun collaboration coming up and who knows when we'll be able to do it because of, you know, the whole world is at a standstill right now. Um, but we're doing a big collab with um, Sonia Morgan, who is a real housewife in New York. Um, and I think I'll keep that secret about what we're going to do so we can <laughs> everyone. But, yeah, but so they can stay tuned. That'll probably be in fall that that's launching, right? No, I mean, it depends when the rest of the world opens. If we can do it at the end of summer, that would be awesome. But most likely, most likely it'll be in September. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's really exciting. And um, it's going to be fab. Definitely. Um, Okay. So what does preppy mean to you in modern preppy? I know you don't necessarily love the word, but you know, even growing up, what did preppy maybe mean to you? Um, I mean, everybody had the preppy handbook back in those days, but it's so, it it was hilarious. I mean, the things that, you know, you would read in there. So I don't like to use the word preppy because I don't want to be pigeonholed into a certain um, way of looking like I, I feel like our designs, we have retro, we have chic, we have elegant, we have, um, you know, some of our stuff is really edgy. So I don't like to be pigeonholed in one um, specific category because I feel like we have so much to offer all across the board. Yep. But so how would you describe preppy then? Like what, what comes to mind? Like Lily Pulitzer, color, and I know that, um, yeah, I, I feel like the, all those colors together, which I always call Bermuda colors. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that whole look is, is really preppy. And, um, yeah. So I think that, um, a lot of our, a lot of our pieces are, I mean, I think you could lump them into preppy, but, um, you know, then, like I said, we have edgy, we've got sophisticated, we've got a little bit of everything, even yeah. some boho. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, what advice would you give to an entrepreneur, maybe an aspiring one, one piece of advice that you wish that you knew maybe when you started? Oh my goodness. I think you have to be of a certain mindset. I, um, I feel like I was like up against like a huge, like cement wall when I started this, but I was very determined. So I feel like it takes a ton of grit a ton of tenacity. You're going to get doors slammed in your face. You're going to get, you'll hear the word, no, 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 like a million times. Mm -hmm. And I am not one to like talk about what I want to do. Oh my gosh, this is good. I just do it. Like I just do it. I don't talk about it. I literally just do it. I'm like, okay, there's an obstacle. We're going to get, we're going to yeah. Over that. Oh, there's a huge obstacle here. We're going to go this way, you know? And I feel like, um, I always say life is all about plan B. So if you have your plan A that you want for your career or your business or whatever, and it all works out in your plan A, then you are one lucky person. Um, because I feel like there's so many obstacles that you've got to be flexible and you've got to be able to roll with plan B or plan C or plan D, because that's just life. That's the way it turns out. But, um, yeah, I would just say, um, I am definitely not like a spreadsheet person or an 
like an analytic person. I mean, I have those people who work for me because that's not how my brain works. Yeah. I am just a person who's just like, let's just, let's do it. Let's do it. You're a go-getter. Yep. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, We know we're going to have obstacles. Who cares? Let's dive right in. Let's just do this. Yep. No, I'm of the same mindset of just, you know, getting it done. If you have an idea, go and do it and you'll figure it out along the way. That's because you're my fellow Capricorn. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) What is the word? No, I've never heard that. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Too funny. All right. So now a few fun questions. So what's your go-to cocktail? Oh, the LL Swizzle, of course. Yes. Um, it's a famous LL Swizzle. Can you tell everyone what's in that? Yes. Okay. So it, you can do any kind of vodka, but my favorite is the Kettle One Cucumber and Mint with Diet 7-Up. And I love mint leaves um, mixed in there. Not It doesn't have to be muddled. It can just be like floating around, but you got you to gotta stir it in so you get that mint taste. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I also love? It's so, so weird. I know it sounds so ridiculous, but it's so good, is doing cilantro leaves in there too. It's just oh. it this like fun whole dimension to it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, um, and the more mint leaves in there, the better, or cilantro leaves leaves little not leaves what are they called little puffs yeah I have to try it with cilantro I haven't I've had yours with mint before and it actually is a lot better than it sounds at first I was hesitant but then I had it and it's very refreshing so yummy yeah and you also love chardonnay too I love chardonnay but chardonnay is a problemo because every glass of chardonnay is like 240 calories and I needed to like um, reel it back in with that (laughs) <laughs> and the whistle only has 60 calories per um oh my gosh amazing I know. Right, I'm gonna make that tonight I know. yeah all right what's your favorite flower oh my gosh um I love peonies um They're pretty. Uh, it's like I always say it's like a um it's like a um a rose on steroids uh-huh um it's just like a rose, but it has like a hundred more petals to it. Um, yeah. I love that. I love hydrangea, particularly mm-hmm. white. Um, I love gardenia um, and roses, of course. Um, but yeah, I would have to say peonies up there. Okay. And where is one of your favorite places to visit? Like where's somewhere that you can't wait to go back once the quarantine and all is over and travels back to normal? I mean, Delray Beach is my happy place. Okay. So um, I love to go to Delray. I love to play tennis in the morning then have lunch and lay on the beach or by the pool um, all day. And my, my kids love it. It's like our family's happy place. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What's next for LL? Well, we got to get the world to reopen first. <laughs> but after that, if everything was normal, then what do you have slated next? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'd love to dabble in maybe some beach cover-ups. Speaking Ooh. of Del Rey. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've thought about dabbling in that. I do miss your tunics. What's that? Oh yeah, back in the day, I really miss yeah dresses. Yeah, but I had to put those on the back burner so I could really focus on the jewelry. So I do feel like somewhere down the pipeline we'll have um, more apparel. 
mm-hmm. um, but we just have to wait for the world to reopen. And another fun thing that is just sitting in customs somewhere um, are these cute headbands that we're going to do. And I wanted to crank those bad boys out for spring, but it's so not happening. So I think we'll probably really feature them for summer. Um, they're so adorable. I can't wait for them. Very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then where can people find you? So right now, since all the stores are closed, <laughs> store. so your best bet is to go to my website, lisilurch.com. It's L-I-S-I-L-E-R-C-H.com and check us out. And um, Instagram and Facebook, you're at Lisilurch. Sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Instagram is at Lisilurch. Facebook. Um, yeah. I don't know if we're on Pinterest, but yeah. Uh, I think you you do have a Pinterest account as well. Um, and you've been doing a lot of fun Instagram lives, so people should yeah. definitely go and follow, follow yeah. you on Instagram if they don't. Yeah, yesterday um, there's this gorgeous blogger who we love, 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 love named Taggy French. And yesterday I did um, a fun conversation with her. Um, so you can tune in to see that. And her BFF, Dan, was on it as well. So it was it was fun chatting with it them. Really We're going to do that um, a lot more um, in the weeks to come here to try to get us all through um, this gloomy time. We're going to we're going to turn lemons into lemonade. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, on that note, that is it. Thank you, Lisey. Of course. Thank you. Everyone try to have a happy day and happy Easter. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.